forwards and defensemen from that era are, are seen as one of the greatest players in the sport's history, whereas in basketball... David Samenko. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's funny how basketball is a complete opposite. Are, are we just referencing my fuck-up from when I uh, left my oh, phone on? No, uh, I, no, I, I know. have it's, no idea. It's, they it's won't shut up. Who is it? It's my group chat that's... Yeah, like, like, I mean, like, it was essentially a guy with two leather pads strapped to his legs standing between two posts and... This has to be part of the podcast. There's no way we can't include this. Ding counter. <laughs> brought to you by the ding. Ooh, this uh, podcast is brought to you by group chats. Dingers. Chat. Group chats. You'll love them at first, but regret them two days later. <laughs> yeah, Glenn Healy. Yeah, I work for TSN. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> I know. I know. He, they fired him. They fired him. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, essentially you just had a guy in... Oh, I forget what I said. <laughs> Strapped you leather pad on the guy, said. Yeah, it's... The posts, yeah. Oh! Unreal! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Essentially, you had a guy with two leather pads strapped to his legs, standing between two posts, doing nothing, and guys who scored on him were <laughs> just... <laughs> Ding! <laughs> Because now it's in my head. What did he say that Crimson Chin's uh, little sidekick's name was? <laughs> Clef the Boy Wonder. <laughs> Wait, Clef the Boy Chin Wonder? Boy Chin yeah, Wonder, yeah, yeah there the we go. Yeah, there was one missing uh, syllable there. <laughs> what about um, Doug Dimidome, owner of the Dimsdale Dimidome? <laughs> <laughs> Dinkleberg. There, I, I, there's a, there's a, there's a girl, um, one of my reps at work who I, I talk to like once a month and her last name is Dingledine. And I, and I always, <laughs> Dingledine. I, I, every time I get an email from her, I'm like, Dingledine. <laughs> Welcome back to the cockpit by the sports rooster. I'm your host, Spencer Poprovsky. And today I'm joined by Adam Younes. What's up? Why do you do that? Why do I do what? <laughs> and Brady Anderson. What up, Spen? Uh, today we're just going to be talking about basketball because, well, we can. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoff race in the East, um, the kind of lack of playoff race in the West, although there is seeding to play for still. Um, and we might talk a little bit about the MVP situation because that's heating up. We've got a pretty clear two two finalists for that now in James Harden and Giannis and Tedekumpo. But anyway, let's talk some playoffs. Boys. Yes. Let's start with the hometown Raptors. All right. Adam, what do you think about the Raptors' chances of playing any of the remaining East teams heading into the playoffs? Uh, I don't know. Just based on their recent uh, play, it's... You don't feel comfortable. You, I mean, you haven't felt comfortable with Toronto in the playoffs for the last however many years. They always find a way to either lose the first game or to have a bad couple of games just put some doubt in your mind about the team. Um, it's different this year because you do have Kawhi Leonard who, who showed in the past that he can completely turn his game around in the playoffs. He managed to single-handedly shut down Bosch, Wade, and LeBron. So 
I'm curious to see what they can do this year. Uh, Nick Nurse, being a rookie uh, coach, might succumb to some sort of pressure when it comes time for it. Uh, as for like the teams that they might play in the first round, uh, between Detroit, Brooklyn, and Orlando, I'd, oh, I guess Miami and Charlotte too, if they make it, I'd rather see them play Brooklyn over the rest of those teams just because the Raptors have had those... They just seem to play really bad against poor teams like they've lost to charlotte the last two games again the same guy um jeremy lamb threes yeah uh dwayne casey seems to really want to prove a point to his former team like he just maybe he was right when he said that they haven't changed any of their game plans because clearly he's reading them like a book i don't understand why he keeps roasting the fans so hard or rather should i say i don't kawaii whoa fuck that never mind or rather should i say (laughs) (laughs) rather rather should i say Kawhi is he roasting the raps so hard i don't know he he seems like like the salty ex like he's the one who got dumped he was kind of quiet about it for a while and now he's just trying to bring it back up and just he should have just changed up his hairstyle. Get just bangs. Move, move on with your life. Like I, I, I like Dwayne Casey. It wasn't until he started to like really go after the fans, which didn't really make a lot of sense because the majority of us had his back. Like he was the coach of the year. We were kind of sad to see him go, even yeah. though I mean it was probably time for some sort of change in the locker room. But you couldn't nurse things back to health. Woo! <laughs> 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 we're gonna have to play that sound clip again. Ah! <laughs> yeah, but I mean, um, Brooklyn, like, aside from D'Angelo Russell, uh, the team doesn't really have that much firepower who can overtake the Raptors. And Detroit, they just they always seem to lose to them. And they don't, Toronto always plays poorly against teams who rebound well. Yeah. And uh, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, I, I think, would have a field day with the Raptors. Like, aside from Marcus they don't have a lot of strong bigs. And they, I, they just give up way too many rebounds, way too many offensive or uh, defensive rebounds. So, um, I don't know. Detroit would be a tough series. Uh, Dwayne Wade, if he makes it to the playoffs, I can just he he's an ageless wonder. He's just going to do Dwayne Wade things. And it, like I still think Toronto will probably ultimately win the first round regardless of who they play. I'd rather have a, a calm, easy first round than to be stressed out right from the get-go. Uh, but, yeah, between like Orlando, Brooklyn, Detroit, Miami, Charlotte, probably like to see him play Brooklyn. But uh, it's... I mean, it's Toronto, right? They find a way to, to fuck themselves over every single year. So, yeah, see what happens. I think I think it's about time we call the spade a spade. The Hornets are probably not going to make the playoffs. Is this true? At thirty-seven wins, only a few more games remaining. I mean, it's they took they had two miracle wins against the Raptors. Let's be honest, uh, a half-court prayer by Jer- by uh, Jeremy Lamb, and then I mean another a three-point dagger, but. I'd, I'd, so, I mean, I'm going to count Charlotte out now. As for the rest of the, the race for this six, seven, eight seeds in, in the East, it's it's tough to see Miami breaking into that. Um, they are only one win behind, but their their rotation is a shit show right now. Um, they have they, – it's it seems like Spolstra is going with a, a different a different permutation of a starting five every every game. Um, and so now he's got Whiteside sitting out and playing like 15 minutes a game, maybe. That's weird. Um, why does he do that? He, Hassan Whiteside uh, complained about that last year too. Like, why yeah. is he not getting enough playing time? I'm not entirely sure. Um, uh, has he not bought into the game plan? Or well, Whiteside's 
he's he's very restricted in that he's the worst free throw shooter in the league. So, worse than Jordan? Oh, DeAndre Jordan is good at free throws now. Yeah. Where have he I turned, been? He turned it around in the summer, actually. <laughs> so, like He surprised everybody this year. What uh, the frick? He's actually become a viable fantasy asset. Yeah, like, um, it, like for ranking of worst free throw shooters, it goes probably Kyle Lowry when he needs to get a shot. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, Whiteside, I guess. Yeah. Um, no, I, I've... Whiteside is, I think he shot 38% this season. Um, and uh, out of, of all of all players that qualify, which is, I don't, I don't know exactly the minimum amount of free throws you have to have attempted, but, um, but yeah, he's he's not doing well. So he at the beginning of the season he was sitting out the entire fourth quarter, for during any game that was close, which is a huge handicap. Now he's just kind of barely getting on the court, and this is also an, a a guy who got paid last year. So who's starting at center then for them? Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is actually he's quite a good player, and I think he he should probably should start because he is he has a much more well-rounded game than than Whiteside does. But I don't know. They're, like the rest of the Heat team is it's they're so difficult to predict, and with Josh Richardson kind of struggling with injuries now, he's not really playing fit. Um, Justice Winslow, same thing, just came back from a from a long layoff. Uh, I don't, I just don't see this. Heat team getting there, uh, unless unless like Adam said, unless Dwayne Wade does Dwayne Wade things and actually gets them there by himself, because that's what it seems like he's gonna have to do. I just see um, like the Magic look pretty good, sitting on forty wins. They'll probably find a way to win at least one of the remaining three uh, or two games. I don't know Brooklyn and Detroit, decent decent ball clubs. Personally, I, I if I was a Raptor fan, I would like to see them play Brooklyn. Um, I think Brooklyn's a very young and um, un, untried and untested team in the playoffs. They had they had that that run against the Raptors a little while ago with Paul Pierce, and that was fun. Well, I was gonna say actually, I think like I think if Miami had Paul Pierce over Dwayne Wade, they probably would make the playoffs because Paul Pierce is the superior player over Dwayne Wade. He had the better career as well. So. <laughs> is that well, is that right, the, Paul? You have to look at the players that he played with too, though. Yeah, well, hey, well, if I played with Shaq, I'd be how, honestly five foot six. Me, Whew. yeah, um, that's that was sarcasm, by the way. Guys, <laughs> yeah, no fucking claims. way. <laughs> one of the boldest claims Paul Pierce has made in a long time, if not ever. But yeah, I mean, like Bro- Brooklyn's got D'Angelo Russell running the show right now. He's in the conversation for most improved player in the league, besides Pascal Siakam and probably De'Aaron Fox. Otherwise, like yeah, like Adam was saying, they don't really have anyone else that jumps out at you. Spencer Dinwiddie's a great um, backup point guard slash six man. Um, Jared Allen's had a pretty good season. Joe Harris has has come out of the woodwork as one of the best <laughs> three point shooters we've ever seen. Lumber Joe, because uh, he looks like a lumberjack. <laughs> and yeah, I mean that's 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 basically as far as Brooklyn goes. Karis Levert's coming off a brutal leg injury that kept him out for most of the season, so. I don't know. I don't. I don't really see the Nets testing the Raptors too much, as opposed to the other, the other two of the Magic and Pistons who could potentially face them. I mean, the same. The same can be said for like Milwaukee and Philly because they'll probably be playing the remnants of that bunch as well. Yeah. Same thing goes for them. I think that probably like a five, six game series at the very most, if it goes that far, will be the first round. Like basketball is one of those sports where the first round is very predictable. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter to, to, put, to go too far into detail about each series because you know that the top four 
sometimes the fifth team will beat the fourth team, but the top four are usually the ones that are going to move on to the second round. So everything that like you've said about Toronto facing any of those teams can be said for Milwaukee and yeah. uh, and Philly. Yeah, that's that's true. The the there is a bit a bit of a difference though. I think in terms of in terms of the winning mentality that has escaped the Raptors in the last few years. Anytime they've come up against anything LeBron related, this year no LeBron. So hopefully that's a little bit different for Toronto. And that's that's part of why I'm picking them not to win the not to win the East um, and not to come out into the into the finals against probably Golden State. But I mean. I don't know, like yeah, the Bucks and the Sixers, they'll be they'll be getting either the Magic, Nets, or Pistons, and honestly, they're not they're not great, <laughs> not great at all. In terms of playoff implications for Boston versus Indiana, they played last night. Boston came out winners. It looks like they'll face each other in the first round. This is this is a matchup that I'm a lot more excited to watch than any of the other ones. Because this is actually even. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, you can look at it as a, a classic case of David versus Goliath, whereas Indiana, a very good team, after the loss of Victor Oladipo, don't really have any big names that stand out, whereas Boston is an entire team made up of big names, but just haven't found a way to click the entire season. So we'll see if that lack of chemistry will, will be the Boston's Achilles heel and see Indiana go to the second round. Everyone, like every expert's been saying that Boston will turn around. It's inevitable. They're just too good to be this bad. I think they'll probably end up beating Indiana just because I think Indiana will eventually run out of gas against a juggernaut team. Mm -hmm. And Kyrie just has, figures out ways to just win games on his own. I I do agree it's going to be a very even series and it's probably the best series out of the first round like in the East. But I still think Boston just has the upper hand because of the, the amount of shooting power they have the star power and just the coaching as well. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'd love to see Indiana upset them and just just shut up every single Boston fanboy who said this is their year. But Boston's probably going to come out on top, I think. But like you, like you said, it's a very even series. It should be a good one. Probably the best one in the East. Yeah. Honestly, you could make a, a strong case for the Bucks, Raptors, and Sixers sweeping mad, the Magic Nets and Pistons because the the quality just isn't there at the, in the, the back half of the, the East playoffs. Um, in terms of the teams that they have going there, like the Magic may take a game off of the Sixers, maybe even two, um, but that even that's a stretch. I think Boston and Indiana very well could go seven games. I don't know. It's it's too bad that that Oladipo is going to be missing the series because I I think if an an, an Oladipo led Pacers team could really make a run at winning the East. So it's it's too bad they'll be doing it. They've done it this long without him, so and they've done they fared pretty well. But it's just too bad he's going to be missing this playoff run. Yeah, but just to go off that no Oladipo thing, without him, like I, who do they really have? Well, Miles Turner's had a very good season this yeah. year. Yeah, Miles Turner's been fantastic. Um, Demantis Sabonis has had a breakout season. Yeah. Sabon- like um, Leo Routens always mentions it. Like uh, Sabonis is a sneaky guy you got to watch out for. Yeah. Like he does rack up points really quickly, and he manages. He finds a way to evade his defender in the paint and just put up shots too. So like he. He's a guy that you shouldn't undervalue, and like that's what that's the thing with Indiana. Like they have a lot of really great players who just fly under the radar. They don't have big names, but as a team collectively, they're they're very good. Yeah. And even after losing Paul George, everyone assumed that they're going to just fly right to the basement. They found a way to stay competitive, and obviously Victor Oladipo has helped that team for sure. But they do have very good chemistry between the the roster, and it wouldn't surprise me if they went to seven games against Boston. 
Yeah, and and to throw back to the most improved player, an, another name that was very much overlooked is Boyan Bogdanovich. Yes. Mm. Um, he's been he's been putting up mid mid twenties, I think, per game, um, for the most part this season, and he's he's been a, a key part of their of the Pacers' offense. Setting the pace, you might say. Oh. <laughs> this, this podcast is brought to you by puns in general. Honestly, just brutal. But going back to your little Boyan Bogdanovich chat, looking at his stats, he's got 18 points per game, so you can see, even without our boy Victor, it's, he's it, putting up some numbers. Yeah, the, the entire team is carrying the load. It's, like it, it's the, the law of averages. If everyone can average... 15 to 20 points a game it adds up eventually right so yeah and it's indiana's not a team where they're gonna go they're gonna play iso ball and depend on one guy to win it for them and that's what that's what true basketball is it's, it's passing the ball around getting your teammates good looks and indiana's done that all year long so they they turn out to be a good team and surprise a lot of uh, doubters and hopefully they, they put up a good match against boston and make it a good series yeah that that's definitely the the marquee one of the one match that i'm most excited about in the first round, at least in the East. Is there anything else in the East you want to touch on? Just covering, like, like you're already thinking that the Bucks, the Raps, and the 76ers are going to fly through the East, but you don't think there will be any any hiccups for Milwaukee or Philadelphia at all? No, I, I don't. Wow. I, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Philly, Philly loaded up quite well uh, just before the trade deadline. They were able to get Tobias Harris, which I think was a fantastic move. Because while while Jimmy Butler was a good addition um, in terms of just an overall player, he has he has a tendency to go missing a little bit in, on the offense. So he'll he'll always be a good defender, but sometimes just his shot won't fall, and so they they need another another player to step up. And with Ben Simmons being so limited from the perimeter, and Embiid, let's be real, he shouldn't he shouldn't be parked on the perimeter in the first place because he he's just such a good player. He can do so much damage in the paint. Um, it's good to have that. I guess fourth option now, Tobias Harris, who would be a first option on most other teams. Well, that's what really improved Philly. I think with the trade is yes, Tobias Harris is a good addition, like you said. But they just teams before had figured out the 76ers really quickly. They figured just give them the three point line, and they're going to miss, and we'll beat them that way as long as we just block off Embiid from driving to the rim. And now that they have uh, T- Tobias Harris as a three point threat, along with JJ Redick, they are spreading the floor a little bit better. And it just makes defending them a lot harder. And I think that's what definitely improved their team. I think it was more just like a mindset when they added Tobias Harris more than just his sole like offensive prowess. So I think that they're definitely a good team. I just think the lack of time that they've had to play with each other will hinder them to go further in the playoffs. I still th- see them losing in the second round to what looks like will be Toronto. Even though like on paper their starters are a lot better than ours and more established... The lack of time of that they've had together will probably be their undoing. I don't know. What do you think about that? That that's a tough one to call because because basketball is a little bit a little bit unique in the sense where you can have literally one player just take over a full series and and that player can win it. Take LeBron for example for the last X amount of years where he's been able to single handedly drag Cleveland to way more wins than they should have had. But like the Toronto Philly. If that matchup does end up happening, that'll be a tough one to call. And I don't know, like there's there's also JJ Redick on on the Sixers, who's basically like the the lone three point specialist before Harris even came. And I, I like I mean, if you have if you have a starting five of Simmons, Redick, Harris, or Butler, Harris, and then um, and then Embiid, 
that the, the starting five is what's going to be carrying most teams in the playoffs. They're, they're not going to turn to their bench very often. So you still got to run off that nine man rotation. Though. Yeah, like, it's, it's true. Like they will, they will be turned to their bench um, sometimes, but you, that the playoffs are where you get the guys like Butler and, and Harris, they'll be logging about 40 minutes per game. Probably. I don't know if you, if you get guys that are playing that much, that much ball on the court together, I just, <clears throat> I think the, uh, yeah, so I think I think the chemistry will come. <laughs> I think the chemistry will come. I mean, it's it's a good point where they just they haven't had the time to really gel together. But yeah, I I'm gonna I'm gonna still pick Philly to beat Toronto in the second round. Very hot take, spicy hot take. But I either Toronto or Philly winning, I think that series goes to seven games because I think they're both very evenly matched, and Toronto can't really turn to their the bench mob that they used to have anymore. So they're going to, they're going to have to trust in their starters and that, that their starters can get the job done. And hopefully Kawhi steps into playoff mode and hopefully Lowry does not step into playoff mode. <laughs> and that, and that'll make for a really exciting series. I think. Yeah. I mean, um, I agree with most of what you have to say. Uh, like, again, I don't want to jump right into the second round because you don't want to just assume that Toronto and Philly are going to walk through their opponents in the first round. I mean, it looks that way, but you never want to just assume and then you make, make yourself look like an ass. I think Philly just has too many hotheads on the, on their team. Uh, Toronto hasn't played them after the addition of Tobias Harris yet, I don't think. But we have uh, won the season series this year. And I found the way they did that was by just taking Simmons and Embiid off their game. I find, especially with Embiid and Simmons, when they don't, when shots aren't going for them and they're not playing well, they're, causing, they're coughing up a lot of turnovers, they just... they they kind of give up and they lose their game and it's over from there. And I think that's exactly how Boston beat them last year. I think it was, it was a five game series, right? In the second yeah. round. And it just, it's something about those guys being so young, they get heated and they just, they, they, they lose their game to frustration. And if Tr- Toronto's stingy defense can do the same thing this year, that's where I see them. That's always how I see them beating Philly. Um, I agree with you that Philly does have the better starting five, um, and with like a limited eight to nine man rotation, Philly still is the better team on paper. I just think it's the attitudes and the personalities that are going to clash on Philly and eventually will be their undoing. Like I said, I agree with most of your uh, points that you're making. I just, I think Toronto is more of a veteran team. They know how to conduct themselves a little bit better. And even like their young guys, like Van Vliet, everyone says he's the oldest 24 year old you'll ever meet in your life. Like it's a very mature group. And I think... The, even Lowry said his eyes on the prize. I think this year he has got a different mindset. He hasn't been worried too much about scoring this year. He's averaging, I think, what, maybe less than 15 points a game and worrying more about assists and getting his uh, his teammates' looks. So I think Toronto is just – they're more of a, a veteran team that know how to play together a little bit better. And I think that's going to be the, the key factor in Toronto eventually beating Philly. Yeah. No, that, that that's, a, that's a fair point too. I think – Philly adding Butler and Harris is they're two much needed, I guess you could say mature additions. Uh, whether Butler's mature, that's for you to decide. But they're they're older heads for sure. Um, they've they've been around the block a lot longer than than Simmons and Embiid have. So I think they'll they'll definitely impact the team's mentality a little bit a little bit more positively than I think they would have if if they just didn't hadn't joined the team and it was the same Sixers team as last year. But anyway, kind of wrap wrapping up the East. The Bucks, I mean, they've been great all season. Giannis has been great all season. The supporting cast has been great. Mike Budenholzer, new coach, has settled in seamlessly. They've definitely been a surprise team. Yeah. Everyone's lost, or at the beginning of the year, just assumed Boston was going to be the top dog. 
Toronto, even with the addition of Leonard, wasn't going to be as good as Boston, but finished in that second spot. I don't think any analyst or expert had even mentioned Milwaukee in their top four rankings. So it's good for them. Like If Toronto is ever eliminated, that's the next team I'm cheering for. I'd love to see the Greek freak go far and just become the new face of the league. And this is definitely the year for him to do that. Yeah, I I can very much say fear the deer. They'll be very good this season. Yeah. To point out to all of our fans, Spen is the guy who predicted Milwaukee to be this good. I remember two years ago when Toronto was playing Milwaukee in the first round, Spencer was the one who said, you got to fear the deer. They are indeed a good team. Thank you, Adam. I did say that a few years ago, and I'm sticking by it. Milwaukee's unreal. That'll wrap up our Eastern Conference talk. We're going to take a little break for now, and we'll be right back at you with some Western Conference talk. Thank you for listening this far. Check us out on Facebook, at The Sports Rooster. Give us a like. That's where our article posts go on Mondays and Wednesdays. Check us out on Twitter, at Sports underscore Rooster. And check us out on Instagram, at The Sports Rooster, for some great updates on the world of sports. And now back to the podcast. So now that you guys have slapped your thoughts around on the East, um, what do you guys think about the West? How's that looking? Golden State's going to win. That's a hot <laughs> take right there, if I've ever heard one. So why taking – have you guys seen that news about Curry, how he, he like needs contacts and some yeah. whatever? Yeah. And he's been shooting like outrageously even like, though he can't yeah. see as well as he could be? Imagine being the best shooter of all time while not really seeing very well. That's mind-blowing. What if getting glasses, like early contacts, fucks up his shot and he just becomes the worst shooter ever? Cause, he like, becomes Del Curry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still not bad, though. Yeah, that would be something. Uh, he's, just, he's so used to seeing like an orange blur instead of yeah. a proper rim. Why is it that the West is so much worse than the East this year in terms of like the Giants? Like That makes no sense to me. I don't know. By record... Yeah, like the the Bucks and Raptors have been better, but I think that's more a case of the Bucks and Raptors get to play shittier teams for the most part all season. Whereas the, first of all, the all the teams in the in the West playoffs right now, which are all fantastic teams, case in point, the eighth seed San Antonio Spurs are forty six and thirty four. Forty six and thirty four puts you in, in comfortably in sixth in the, in the East. So it wasn't until kind of the latter half of the of the season when the rest of the West just kind of fucked off and started tanking because they realized they weren't able, they weren't good enough at least to, to hang with the, the better teams out West. But I mean, other than Phoenix, for the most part, the West has been pretty good. Um, it, it wasn't until the last couple months of the season when key players started getting injured, like the Lakers team that just completely fell apart due to injury. And, and I, I mean, we have, we have a lot of good matchups that we can potentially get out West. And the fact that they're, seeding can change still is great news for when the playoffs start yeah i think um essentially at this point the clippers thunder and spurs are just fighting for an opportunity to not get swept in the first round at golden state i, I don't know what happened in oklahoma they were doing so well for a while there and paul george is just playing next level and in contention for that mvp talk they've kind of fallen off the boat russell westbrook's been having a good Good end to the season. I mean, like he's averaging again a triple double, and yet we're still questioning his quality of play. Third straight season averaging a triple double. Like, what kind of world do we live in where guys averaging a triple double for the third straight season, and we're still like, is he a good player? Is he like overrated? And I know his shooting percentage is poor, and a lot of people 
like a lot of people point that out in the comment section of Instagram and like Twitter and whatnot. But the guy's unreal. Like you, you got to give him credit. It come like to the point where like the rest of the team is just that much worse than Paul George and what Westbrook and or Westbrook <laughs> as people <laughs> like to call him. Um, the Clippers have been a surprise story. So wherever they end up in the the the, the top eight is good for them. Like no one even after trading Tobias Harris, like people just assume that. That's it. They're done. Like they got as far as they could, and they've managed to like supersede all expectations. Yeah. And San Antonio is just again like they're the Detroit Red Wings of the NBA. We just they managed to make the playoffs. I want to be in the NBA. <laughs> 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 it's not a sports rooster podcast unless Brady has some sort of weird <laughs> sound bite to make. Yeah, they, they San Antonio just finds a way like each year to just be a part of that playoff group, and I mean kudos to Pop. Like that guy's just a mastermind on the bench. So, but like I said, those three spots are just trying to fight for a position or not get swept at the hands of Golden State. And even then, like Den- Denver and Houston might still have a quick out with them too because they're not laughable teams. But what do you think about uh, the top three and the bottom three? Like, what do you think the matchups are going to end up looking like? I actually think the seedings will stay as is at the moment. I, I don't really see anyone changing. The only, maybe Oklahoma and San Antonio switching spots, but that's the only one I really see happening. I think the Clippers will be able to um, to hang on to that sixth seed, that all-important sixth seed where they get to face off against the Jazz in an ultra-defensive matchup probably. Patrick Beverly and Rudy Gobert in the same, in the same series, which will be a lot of fun. Um, so get ready for some 80 to 70 games, boys. But, I mean, otherwise, I don't know. Like, the Golden State's Golden State. They're probably going to win the West, and they're probably going to win the league by, by the end of it because it's Golden State. I hope this is the last year I get to say that. I hope KD goes somewhere else, and I hope that the team just gets a bit worse. That'd be nice. But, I mean, the the Nuggets, I had a lot of confidence in earlier in the season and they've really started to trail off and I, I don't really I don't really know what's been going on there uh, I know Gary Harris has had probably the worst season of his career that's thanks to a lot um, a lot of injuries that have happened to him um, and he's I guess he just hasn't been able to find a rhythm as the season's gone by but Jokic has still been fantastic Jamal Murray's been pretty good he started a little bit rockily but he's he's bounced back quite well and then you have the Rockets which are Let's be serious here. Very much a one-man team. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say they're a one-man team. They do have all three refs on their side constantly. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I don't know. That's like Capella's been pretty good at times this this season. Um, Chris Paul, when he's not hurt, is pretty good. James Harden with, I think he's he's hit ten games this season where he scored fifty plus. Maybe that's nine, but regardless, it's still crazy because. Um, I think well, the only other person, the only other person in the league who has more than one game where they've scored fifty is Devin Booker, and he did it twice in the same week. If you can stop James Harden, then you can probably stop the team. So that's going to be their one, their one struggle to actually make it deep into the playoffs. But um, I don't know, like Portland. I wish they didn't lose Nurkic to injury because yeah, they're one. yeah they they were looking really good, and I th- and I was actually going to give them a shout to potentially challenging Golden State um, when whenever that time came. But, I mean, I just that's just not happening, in my opinion, anymore. Well, I don't know why a lot of people doubted them at the beginning of the season, too. Like, I don't know if it was because they lost to um, New Orleans last year in the first round. 
but everyone just doubted them at the beginning of the season. Like I, I can't remember what conversation we had with the other guys from the sports rooster. I was saying that um, of the teams that are going to drop out, I think I think it may have been. I don't want to say his name, but someone said that Port they could see Portland dropping out of the playoff race, and which was insane because like they're a good team. No one really saw how much Nurkic would break out this year coming. You could be forgiven for thinking that it would just be kind of a Lillard and McCollum carry, and then Nurkic chips in every so often. But they they've had a lot of guys step up this year. So like we've mentioned, Nurkic, McCollum, and Lillard. But they've had Harkless has finally come back from being injured for what seems like a lifetime. Alfred Camino has been really good again this season. They picked up uh, Ennis Cantor from from the Knicks after he was waived, and Evan Turner has been has been a lot better um, since Nurkic went down. He just had. He just had two straight triple doubles off the bench, which is unheard of. I don't, I don't even, I can't even name a player who's who's done that. I, I think Portland's a lot better than than people are going to give them credit for. It's too bad that they're fourth seed because it doesn't. They have to get past Golden State to get to the to the final, basically, which is too bad. But do you think we have the firepower to beat Utah in the first round? I definitely think so. Like I said, like if 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 the Clippers and Jazz don't end up facing each other, and Portland is the team to face either either or. I can see I can see Portland dealing with both of them pretty pretty handily. The Jazz will be a a much tougher test because who on Portland's gonna guard Gobert? Probably nobody because Ennis Cantor's defense leaves a lot to be desired. And now that they don't have Nurkic, they don't really unless they were to put unless they were to double him up with like Harkless and and Cantor maybe Gobert is gonna be a big player in in that series. Probably more so than if uh, Utah were to play the Clippers. But yeah, like I mean, that that'll be that'll be a tough, like the four, five, six teams will will all be tough uh, series for whoever if they if the teams play each other or if another team gets roped into their their kind of mess right now. But I don't know. It's it's tough to see if if the standing stay as is, which I'm assuming that they will. Um, I see the Spurs losing to Golden State in maybe five. That's a bit generous. I'd love to see Oklahoma play Golden State in the first round. And I, I think because of like the hot personalities clashing with one another, it could go further than five games. Just because I could see Katie getting pissed off and going off, like losing his his mind and his cool during the game and just doing stupid stuff, getting ejected. Again, like Golden State has a similar issue with uh, the Sixers, where they have too many hotheads in their team between like Draymond, Katie, and uh, Cousins. So. Could you imagine if all three of them got ejected one game just because Westbrook had said something to them? And I can definitely see it happening. Um, and I, I think if the if the Thunder and Warriors did end up facing each other, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Westbrook just found another gear and, and decided, I know I wasn't shooting well over the season, so I'm going to shoot 80% during this playoff series. I think, okay, to refer back to Westbrook's shooting percentage, and again, a lot of people harp on him being a poor percentage shooter, Assists mean a lot in basketball. Like when he's averaging, like well, I don't know what he's averaging assist wise, but when he when he got twenty assists that twenty 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 after Nipsey Hussle had passed away, like that's tw- what f- minimum forty points that he's assisted on. So like people they undervalue what he does for his teammates and just look at his shooting percentage. And yeah, he's not a great percentage shooter. He puts up a lot of breaks from the three point line, but he does help his other team. He helps his teammates, yeah. and that's very important. Like I I could see him just. Like you said, going on another level and hopefully taking it to at least six games against Golden State to make it a good series. And I mean, that would be an amazing series to watch if it could happen. So I mean, hopefully, Oklahoma loses a game and San Antonio wins the rest. So yeah, uh, that would be the one that I'd like to see. That 2020 20 game, only the second time in NBA history that's ever happened. Yeah. Who was the first? 
Wilt Chamberlain, 51 years ago. Not surprised. Every record ever in basketball is held by Wilt Chamberlain somehow. Why isn't he in Including like... the amount of ladies that have been... <laughs> <laughs> well, that being said, though, why is he never like in the conversation for GOAT? Why is it always LeBron and MJ? Because of the time that he played in, for the most part. He was one of like maybe two seven-footers at the time. Granted, though, he was incredibly talented and... He was gifted in so many other things too. Like he was just, he was potentially the best athlete that ever lived that just doesn't get talked about. Um, but I think it's a large, large part of that is because he passed away like a while ago. Like he, he didn't really live a long life. Here for a good time, not a long time. A time. Like, yeah. Right. So, I mean, he's definitely in, if I were to pick a top five basketball players to ever live, I would probably put Will Chamberlain in it. Because of the time that he played, it's so hard to really equate that to if he were to be playing now or in the 90s or which is funny because like in hockey it's the complete opposite you see guys who played in an era where goalies couldn't even like they couldn't skate side goalies were glenn healy like goalies were essentially just a guy with leather pads on standing in between two pipes forwards and defensemen from that era are are seen as one of the greatest players in the sports history whereas basketball davy samenko Yeah, so I mean, it's funny how basketball is a complete opposite. Are, are we just referencing my fuck up from when I uh, left my oh, phone on? No, uh, I no, no, I know. Have no idea it's, they it's won't shut up. Who is yeah. it? It's my group chat. That's yeah. Like, like, I mean, like it was essentially a guy with two leather pads strapped to his legs, standing between two posts, and <laughs> 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 this has to be part of the podcast. There's no way we can't include this. Ding counter. <laughs> Brought to you by the ding. Ooh. <laughs> This uh, podcast is brought to you by group chats. Dingers. Group chats. You'll love them at first, but regret them two days later. <laughs> yeah, Glenn Healy. Yeah, I work for TSN. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> I know. I know. He, they fired him. They fired him. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, essentially, you just had a guy, and oh, I forget what I said. <laughs> Strapped to <his> leather pad. <laughs> guy said, yeah, it's, it's, posts. Yeah. Oh, unreal. <laughs> Okay. Essentially, you had a guy with two leather pads strapped to his legs, standing between two posts, doing nothing. And guys who scored on him were just <laughs> ding. Back when goalies really sucked, I can't understand how uh, people still think that Gretz is the goat of goal scoring when we've got the literal goat of goal scoring, Alex Ovechkin, still playing today yeah and he's constantly scoring 50 goal seasons or 50 goals a season even at his age right now and he's not considered as the greatest scorer of all time you still look at him which he is like maurice rocket richard and wayne gretzky it's weird how in hockey like the the guys from the older eras are, are valued so much higher than you guys whereas in basketball is the complete opposite so yeah anyway to to wrap up the west golden state's winning the west and that's all i really have to say about it all right before we wrap things up though do you see a dark horse in the West who can put up a fight against Golden State? No. Not even like coming, like similar to what Houston did last year where they, they took it to seven games? No. Nothing? Do you see anyone in the East who can <laughs> match up against Golden State? <laughs> Do I see anyone in the in the East that can put up a fight against Golden State? Maybe, honestly, maybe the Bucks can, the Bucks can um, because, because of their kind of not so LeBron style with uh, with Giannis really dominant and him being surrounded by shooters. You know what? Maybe Toronto, maybe Philly. Like like we were talking about, the top three in the East are quite good. 
um, and they do they do have different weapons that they can use to to pose a challenge to Golden State. But I just think Golden State's so good. They have literally have five All Stars in their starting five, and now that Cousins is back and he's actually playing well, I just don't see anyone beating them. To be honest, like I I think a se- if you get to seven games with Golden State, you should consider yourself a winner. You get one of those consolation uh, banners like Nashville. Got. Nashville, yeah. <laughs> we we took Golden State to seven. Hang it up on your. You know. Anyway, just before we wrap things up completely, let's do a little MVP talk for the regular season. It looks like it's going to be down to Giannis and Tedekumpo of the Milwaukee Bucks and James Harden of the Houston Rockets. Adam, yep. If you have to pick an MVP right now, who do you pick? Okay, I'll give you two answers. Who is no, the, that's not a no, 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 no. If you had to pick an MVP, who would okay. you pick? I'll give okay. you two answers. Well, I'd pick I'll the two g- guys okay. in contention. <laughs> oh, well, great fucking analysis. Well, no, there. okay. I'll tell you who deserves the MVP and who's going to win the MVP. That's better. Okay, so who deserves it is James Harden. Just yep. simply based off of what he's doing, he's single handedly carrying that team. Like you said he's had Again. like he's had how many games has he had with 50 plus points? Like 9 or 10. 9 or 10. And uh, and two of those were 60 plus. Like he had that um was, I can't remember the exact number. Was like 20, In one 20 25 straight games with 30 plus. I believe it was 32 straight games of a 30 plus. Like what this guy is doing offensively is beyond me. I mean, I've always been a critic uh, critic of his defensive play and his just his awareness in his own end and his care in his own end. But that aside, like what he does offensively is just otherworldly and it otherworldly. Otherworldly. Indubitably. What other kinds of other words do you know? Okay. <laughs> but I think the league will probably give it to Giannis just because of that. They don't want to make the league look boring. They want to have a new uh, face of the league. Like Giannis has come out this year as being a, like one of the most dominant players, aside from shooting, and he's just they're with LeBron aging now and no longer in the spotlight as much as he was before. They they're looking for that new face of the league. This would be a good year to give it to Giannis just because of what he's capable of doing, and the NBA is just so inconsistent with giving out the MVP. It they every year the criteria for what grants. The MVP status changes. I mean, you had Curry tiers in a row when it should have been LeBron and Harden, just because they had the better record. And then um, two years ago, and they gave it to Westbrook because obviously it was like a it was a great season that he had. He broke a lot of records, but again, it didn't match the previous year's criteria. And Harden obviously won it last year, so I, that's the only reason why I think Giannis is going to get it. But if it, if it was my decision, like James Harden, what he's doing this year is just beyond me. Like no one could ever envision one guy doing that much for his team and just I mean forget the record alone like Houston had a terrible start to the season mm-hmm. like everyone is like for a while there was like are they even going to make the playoffs and then he just single-handedly did what he did and that's that's MVP play right there there was a point where the Rockets I want to shout out Justin real quick because back uh, when we were talking about NBA way back in December Justin called that the Rockets would finish quite high in the West and even though it's been a one-man carry. Look at where the Rockets are. 52-28, two games left, and they were terrible yeah. back in December. Yeah, the, there was a point where the Rockets were 11-14, and 14, and they were in their starting five. Usually one or two of them were were guys who were just signed on 10-day contracts from Houston's rec center. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I got next. I got next. <laughs> 
because, because they were so they were so crushed by injuries for for a while. They lost Capella for six weeks. They lost Chris Paul for six weeks ish. They their second best player was Austin Rivers. For I know this is ridiculous, but every single time I think of Clint Capella's name, I think of kneecaps like Clint Patella. Like. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, I'm going to agree fully with Adam. I think James Harden should definitely get the MVP, but he's not going to. They're going to give it to Giannis because they can, because there is no real criteria for the MVP award in the NBA because it's no fun to have criteria, apparently. There are no rules. That's where we're going to wrap up our MVP talk, and that's where we're going to wrap up our podcast today. So I'd like to thank Adam for coming out. Thank you for having me again, Spen. And our producer... Brady Anderson. As always. I'm your host, Spencer Poprowski, signing off from the cockpit. See you later, guys. Be fucking for real right now. <laughs> no, 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 for real. Uh, why would I simplify your routine? <laughs> no, have, you ever, have you ever tried doing that? Like the sync up, sync up phones no, to make a song louder? Like you play at the exact same time. I've ever heard. Oh, glad we all had a good Jesus Christ. I was just fucking around with you. That was so funny. <laughs>